John chapter 1 verse 5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This summer I went camping with my family at Raccoon State Park. I have a lovely set of cabins you can rent, and my family uh, went. Uh, and so we had one of the cabins, and uh, my parents had one, my, uh, my sister and her family had one. And uh, we rode bikes and hiked around and had a good time. Um, one of the things that was really interesting to me, though, was walking with my kids at night at the campground. It was a bright, one night was a bright, starry night, you know, so it, it was a lot of light, but not from my kids' perspective. They wanted a flashlight. They wanted to know. They wanted to see everything, every sound. They wanted to shine a light and know what that thing was. And I finally got them to turn off the light, but then every time they thought they saw something, they turn it back on again, you know. My kids don't really like the dark. A lot of kids don't like the dark. I'm convinced a lot of adults don't like the dark. There's something about the dark that bothers us. We're not sure what to make of it. Maybe it's the unknown. Maybe it's things we can imagine, monsters under our bed or in our closets. How many stories begin, it was a dark and scary night. Did you ever notice that scary movies almost never happen during the daytime? There's something about the night. I remember one time uh, I went with my family. We had, our kids were very little. And uh, we went on one of those caving tours down at Laurel Caverns. And so there are lights and nice paths and handrails for you to go on. We went down into these caves. And, uh, but <coughs> at one point we walked into an area that had a door. And uh, they said, okay, close the door. We came into this area and they said, well... In this area of the cave, because of the door, there was no light. The only light is the one that's on, on the ceiling above you. You can't see any other lights. There's no natural light. And so for about 30 seconds, we want to turn the lights off and give you an experience of total darkness. Has anybody been in total darkness before? It is freaky. It's supposedly darkness is nothing. It's just the absence of light. But if you've ever been in total darkness, you feel like you could cut it with a knife. They, they said that when people go into caves and they, they lose their light somehow, often they go crazy. And it happens very quickly that people start imagining things without any sight in total darkness. Um, people lose all sense of reality because there's nothing to orient that reality. When I was younger, I had two girls stay with uh, in my house uh, from Honduras, uh, which was... The country shown in the video at the beginning of worship. They came to have surgery at Shriners Hospital. And uh, the one girl was kind of from the city, but the other girl, Nellie, she was from the jungle. I mean, she was from out there. And, uh, and we asked Nellie before she went to go back to Honduras, we said, what are you going to miss most about being here in the States? And without missing a beat, she said, the lights. The lights. Where she's from, there's no electricity. There are no lights at night. You get up in the middle of the night, it is nighttime. And in the jungle, you've got the coverage, so you don't have the starlight and moonlight very well. She's not going to miss the food, the, the traveling around, the toys. But her first thing was light. Darkness has become kind of the universal metaphor for bad things. We talk about our world being dark, that these are dark times. When you're kind of depressed, you have a dark outlook on life. When you, want it, when, you know, when you don't know something, you're kept in the dark. Darkness is such a primal and universal image. It shouldn't be surprising to us that the Bible uses this image more than 200 times. 
The Bible begins with God creating light and separating light from darkness. Right away we get a dichotomy. Light on one side, dark on the other. From then on, the Bible has a number of physical descriptions of darkness. In the book of Job, it's frequently used as an image of stumbling, trying to find one's way, not being able to find the right path. Proverbs talks about the, the night being a place where sin happens, right? Women of the night. Night is a place where under the cover of night, you go to do wrong things. Passages like Psalm 11, 1 through 3, talk about fearing the dark because of what lies in wait in the dark to attack you. Darkness is also described figuratively often in the Bible. It's described as ignor- it describes ignorance in Psalm 82. It says, they have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. Falsehood in Ecclesiastes 2.14, but the fool walks in darkness. This is an old Bible image, right? <clears throat> but even today, if you watch a cartoon and somebody has an idea what goes on, a light bulb, right? And this is just a primal human metaphor. Darkness is a symbol of evil in the Proverbs. Evil people walk in the ways of darkness as opposed to the way of light. Darkness goes along with blindness as a symbol for separation from God. Darkness can represent death in the grave as well as prisons and dungeons. If light represents God's favor and prosperity, darkness is represented as the absence of that favor in places like Psalm 88.6. Satan and the spiritual forces of evil are called the power of darkness. Hell is called a place of darkness. It would make sense then the Bible is very clear to stay away from the dark. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 7 says, Therefore do not become partners with them. Those are people who do evil. For at one time you were, time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Colossians chapter 1 says, He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Or Jesus makes this strong claim in John 8. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Darkness is pretty straightforward in the Bible at at a surface level. So easy, even a caveman can understand it. Darkness bad, God good, avoid darkness, right? Pretty straightforward. But I think that's a little too simplistic, And I think a lot of times our perception of darkness in this world is a little too simplistic. And so I want to to just try to correct what I think are three misconceptions about darkness that Christians have. Misconception number one is a lot of Christians think that somehow darkness shouldn't happen to them. I'm a child of light. I'm a child of God. None of of this darkness, none of these bad things ought to happen to me. But does that play out for any of us? How many of you have felt darkness in your own life? Been unsure and unclear, not knowing what to do. Ashamed of something that's happened to you. Pain that you have felt, 
thought that you, thoughts that you have had, things you have done which you are ashamed of, grief you can't get over, depression that is debilitating, people you have wronged. Do you have times when you are so sad when you can f- can't find joy in anything? Secrets, things you keep in the dark. Lies, times when you keep other people in the dark. Have you seen the darkness of addiction, of people who try and try but cannot change? Have you witnessed evil done to another human being and forever been scarred by what people are actually capable of? Can you look at what happened in Paris this week and not think that this world is a dark place? What about places in Africa and the Middle East where this is a constant threat, can happen at any time? How do you, if you're in Paris next week, go see a movie or go catch a show knowing that kind of evil is out there? And we assume because it's in Paris that it's far away from us. But we know from our history that it's not. A couple, a couple, uh, about a month ago, I was in New York City for a couple days. And we were touring around and got to see the 9-11 memorial. I don't know if anybody's been there to see that yet. We didn't get to go to the museum, but we got to see the memorial. And for the 9-11 memorial, really interesting, they took the footprint of the buildings of the Twin Towers. And, and they cut them out. So you can see where the building used to be. And, and the stone is not a light stone. Most, most uh, uh, monuments that are of dark times are dark, right? The Vietnam Memorial stands out because it's not the traditional marble. It's a darker monument. So at 9-11, around the sides, there is this dark stone. And it has the names of people who died in that attack. And then there's a hole. And coming kind of down the hole on these dark sides again is water just kind of trickling down. And there's a pool in the bottom uh, in this footprint of the building. But in the middle of that pool is another hole. So the water runs down the walls, fills this very shallow pool, and then spills over into the middle. Except the middle is so deep, you can't see the bottom of it. It's like a hole that's always there and never filled. It's really a powerful, powerful image of loss, I think. Darkness comes to us all. It's part of a broken and fallen world. There's darkness in us. There's darkness in our world. The hope of Christians is is not that we get to stay away from the darkness, that dark times don't come to us. Don't believe preachers on TV that say that that's God's will because I just don't see it in the Bible. Darkness happens to us all. If you are not in a dark time right now, save your energy because another one's coming. It's how life is. The hope of Christians is not that we stay away from the darkness. The hope of Christians is that God enters into our suffering, that we do not suffer alone. So misconception one, that Christians shouldn't go through darkness, is just not true. Misconception number two, a lot of Christians, I, I think, have the trouble of thinking that darkness and light are equal forces. That somehow we imagine this epic battle between darkness and light. Satan and God in our world. And it's a battle to see who's going to win. In fact, it may seem sometimes that the darkness is winning or has the upper hand. But that is not the true story of the Bible. The Bible tells us that God knows what happens in the darkness. Daniel 2.22. That people who think they can get away with stuff because it happens in darkness, they're foolish. Because God knows, that's Ezekiel 8.12. 
It is not a fair fight. In fact, it's not even a fight anymore. It's a done fight. The hope of Christians is that darkness is not potentially going to win. It's already defeated. God has already won. Listen to this from 1 John 2, 7 and 8. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing you, which is true in him and in you. Listen to this phrase. Because the darkness is passing away and true light is already shining. Catch that phrase. If you're in a dark time right now, write it on a card and put it somewhere where you can see it. Darkness is passing away and true light is already shining. That's the Christian story of darkness. Darkness is happening in this world, but it's fading. Its days are numbered. Someday they will be no more. That is the hope. Misconception number three. I think Christians often think that if they're going through dark times, it means that God has somehow abandoned them. That God has forgotten them or even that God is punishing them. I remember meeting with a couple a while back who really thought God was punishing them because they kept having miscarriages and they thought God must be out to get them. What would you say to that couple? I don't even remember what I said to that couple. But I'll say a couple things here. Number one, we've already pointed out that that brokenness, darkness happens in our world because it's a sinful, fallen world. Okay? It's it's just going to happen. We even know in the Bible that God sometimes uses darkness. Sun, uh, the sun is used, is, goes down to hide God's glory when he cuts his covenant with Abraham in Genesis 15. God appears in darkness in Exodus 20 and in Deuteronomy 4. Everybody remember the ninth plague? The plague of darkness over Egypt? Darkness is not something that, that God can't use. God sometimes uses. God is said to, to be sending darkness to the earth as a form of punishment someday in the prophets. I'm not saying that God creates darkness in your life, although there certainly are stories in the Bible where it seems like God is working with the darkness, right? Joseph being sold into slavery or Israel being carried off into captivity. Those are dark times that God does. We have to be careful here. This does not mean that God is evil or has darkness. To be clear, 1 John 1.5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. That God is light, and here's the phrase, in him is no darkness at all. God doesn't have to make darkness in our lives. Life does that. But what what God does do is redeem our darkness. He brings something out of the darkness. And very often, what God brings out of the darkness is our own growth. God brings life out of suffering. You are who you are today in great part due to the times that were dark in your life. Those are the ones that really shape you. Those are the ones that seem to open you up. If you th- it is as if the soul needs to travel deeper into the dark before it is ready to come to the light. Listen to Romans chapter 8. This is another one of those verses, Romans 8.28. If you're in a dark time, write this one down and put it somewhere where you can see it. And we know that for those God... Um, and we know that for those who God loves, all, for those 
start over. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. What the verse literally means in the Greek is God uses all things all the time. All things all the time in your life. It doesn't mean that God sends all these terrible things. But what God does is redeem them. He uses even bad things that come along in life to shape us, to mold us. In fact, if you look at the context of Romans 8, that purpose is very clearly you being shaped in the image of Christ. That what God does in dark times is he makes sure that your suffering is not for nothing. He redeems the darkness. Suffering, sickness, death, tragedy. God weaves them together to make you more into the image of Christ. Now that is not easy, right? Because we don't always get to see how it works out. We don't always get to to know how it worked. We don't always choose. Sometimes I think we choose to stay in the darkness. And that makes it worse. Maybe God wants to move us through the darkness. And we just want to hang out there. Sometimes the darkness is so heavy and the pain is so much that really even our growth, we can't see it justified. But God redeems our suffering. He makes sure if you're going to suffer and go through darkness that he's going to bring something good out of it. Isn't that exactly what the cross does, by the way? The cross is a moment of darkness that Jesus intentionally enters into and brings light out of. In fact, we don't really emphasize this on Easter very much. But all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, record that when Jesus goes to the cross, the sun goes out. In the middle of the afternoon, it goes black, like nighttime. We don't, we don't think about that. We don't see that a lot in the images. But that was a time of darkness, that Jesus enters and that he brings us life. Jesus entered the darkness of the cross and redeemed that darkness so that he could redeem the darkness in our own lives. I don't know what your darkness is. I don't know where you've lost hope. But I do know a couple of things. I know that if you feel stuck in darkness like you can't get out, that the darkness is lying to you. That the darkness is trying to claim it has all this power over you, try to claim that it has all this stake in your life, tries to tell you that God is punishing you in some way, and it's not true. The darkness is lying. The light has come. I don't know where your darkness is, but I know where your light is. And I know it's not a fair fight. So live in the the light. May you feel keenly today the light of Jesus in the dark places in your life. May you not worry about avoiding the darkness because you can't. But may you, like my little kids, start to slowly learn how to walk in that darkness to the places God has for you to go. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you care about us, that you move in our lives. Lord, we give to you our darkness, our hopelessness, our shame, our grief. Thank you that you are redeeming them. Thank you that you are doing something with them. So, Lord, if you can take away some of them, that would be great. But if you can't, do something good with them. That you would be glorified in all things at all times in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.